You're listening to Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is the Sober Podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. You can always find the show notes, some posts, and all of my other tools over on decidedlydry.substack.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number 72. In today's episode, I am chatting with my friend, Jen McGraw. Jen is a mom to five kids. Yep, you heard that correctly. Five kiddos. She is a wife and a Jesus lover. Jen is the founder of a nonprofit for equine therapy to help heal and restore those who have gone through trauma in their life. Jen also has a podcast, a podcast that is called Restored Mama, which you are going to hear all about in this episode. She is a firm believer that life is meant to truly be lived and enjoyed. You guys, you are simply going to love my friend Jen. Oh, and you know what? I didn't even mention Jen is a sober mama. True story. You are going to hear her sober story and just the absolutely amazing, incredible things that she's doing in life because she chose to put down the drink. I sure hope you enjoy this episode. Here's Jen. Well, welcome back to the show, you guys. This is Jess with Decidedly Dry, and I am so excited. I have a great guest for you today, as all my guests are, but I get excited when I have somebody in front of me uh, that I'm talking to, and I'm just thrilled to introduce you guys to Jen with the Restored Mama podcast. Hi, Jen. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I am like selfishly so excited for this conversation because... You guys don't know this that are listening, but Jen and I have actually been in contact since, was it January when we first kind of got in touch? It was January. We went through um a podcast training together and we were in our own little, our pod, our little study group. And um, this is the first time that we are going to be blessed with like 40 minutes together to just chat about whatever we want, huh? I'm excited. This is going to be good. Me too. Much better than the Voxer messages back and forth. Totally. <laughs> Well, Jen, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself to the listeners? So anything you want to share, you know, if you're a mom, where you live, what you do, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm Jen. I actually have two businesses. I have a nonprofit for equine therapy for trauma victims. We focus on survivors of sex trafficking, and my husband would like to work with PTSD from uh, military. So that is our heart. And I also have my own business called Restored Mama. I do a podcast and coaching and course, but majority of my time is spent on the podcast to give that content to whoever, whoever needs it all over the world. And I love it. It's my passion and it's my heart. I've always wanted to help moms. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just love it. And I dream about it. I love it so much. It is the center of my life because I love being a mom and it all started because as much as I love being a mom, it's hard. It's really hard. I have well, five kids, two older daughters are my stepdaughters. They're one just turned 19. And then I have one that'll be 17 here soon. And then I have a 10 year old girl. So three girls. 
And then a two-year-old boy and an 11-month boy. Not quite 11 months. He's almost there. And so we have five kids total between the two of us. We're a nice splendid family. The two boys are ours together and the girl is mine and the older two girls are his. And so we just blended our family when we got married and it caused a lot of, I was already overwhelmed and stressed Mm -hmm. from being a single mom for six years. We blended our families and it just kind of piled overwhelm and anxiety on top of overwhelm and anxiety. And then I decided that life is not supposed to be like that. It's not okay. Things need to change. And Restored Mama came about. I love that. Well, and I don't know, you would think like, oh, you know, it's going to be, what is it? The Brady Bunch. Like, we're just going to blend the homes. (laughs) Everything will be great, like happily ever after. And I'm sure, I mean, you know way more than I do that it brings on a whole different layer of just, you know, different, probably stressors and things that you didn't know you were going to be dealing with when you made that transition. Uh, A whole lot. I was (laughs) not prepared for it. You're like, that's another podcast episode. And then, oh, like 20 episodes. (laughs) I already couldn't manage life. And then throwing a husband and a couple more kids, I didn't know what to do. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you. And I was working, I didn't have Restored Mom at that time or the nonprofit. I was working full time, 50, 60 hours a week. And I just, I didn't know what to do. It was rough. Wow. But God got me out of it. And I'm here now to help other moms get through it too. I love that. And I think there's so much power in that when it's like you've been through it. And so you can spread your love and your knowledge just because you've experienced it, you know? And I think that makes us more, more real to those that we serve because we can say, Hey, exactly. I've been there. (laughs) So definitely. And I've been there. Yes. Um, what I love about your story, well, I'm excited to hear about your story is when we were chatting about what we wanted to cover, you actually shared with me that you yourself are a non-drinker and I would love for you to share whatever you're comfortable with, kind of what that looked like when you were drinking and then kind of how that progressed, or I wouldn't want to say progressed, but when you started getting those signs that maybe it just wasn't a good fit. Oh, it was more than just signs. It wasn't a good fit. It was like a blaring light everywhere. (laughs) It was, it was bad. Um, it, it honestly, it started, I, I grew up in a home that it was like, it was evil. You don't drink, you don't even take a drink. You're going to go to hell. And that's how I was raised. And everything was a very black and white. And I got out of the house, got involved in the wrong crowd. And like, oh, this is fun. And I couldn't moderate it. So that's where it all started. And it was just fun. And I had moments of, of not restricting myself and drinking too much. But overall, it was it, it wasn't bad. But then as I got older, and as more responsibilities came on as more emotions came on that I didn't know how to deal with, because I had never learned how to manage emotions on my own. I would feel them and I would just kind of dismiss them like whatever because it was just what I was taught. You don't, you don't talk about it. You hold it all in and you deal with it. And that led me to not knowing how to manage it and deal with it in a healthy way. So since I had already opened the door to drinking, not being able to manage my emotions, whenever I had those emotions and I didn't know how to manage it, didn't know how to deal with it, didn't want to feel it, I would just drink more. Mm -hmm. And then I would realize, oh, 
I I forget about it and I'm happy. So it's definitely a happy drunk. <laughs> it was yeah. It it masked it all. And then I would just forget about it. But then I couldn't stop. And it just kept going. And then it turned into me hiding it. Mm-hmm. And this just kept I mean, I could talk for hours on all of my experiences, horrible experiences with drinking and not realizing that I needed to stop, that I might have had a problem. I had no idea. I just dismissed it. Oh, I just drank drank too much. I didn't realize it hit me too quick. Or maybe I didn't didn't eat enough. You know, all the stupid excuses that we do. And I would just keep giving myself that excuse. I would wake up feeling miserable the next day. Oh, it's not going to happen again. I'll just be more careful next time. And that careful never happened. The moment I would have one, it just kept happening. And it was all centered, what I realized, all centered around the emotions that I was dealing with internally that I couldn't couldn't handle. And it was always worse when I was stressed, Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. I was feeling anxiety. I was exhausted. And all of those were emotions that I felt every day. So of course I started drinking every day. And I remember what was really the huge turning point that just was like, okay, this is it. I am done. This can't keep happening. It was, I went to a friend's wedding and I had Ubered there and Ubered back. My husband stayed home with the kids. We hadn't had our boys at this point. It was a couple of years ago, three years ago. Um, so this was pretty, pretty recent, but mm-hmm. I went to the wedding and I came back home and I had drank so much so quick. I didn't feel it. And then all of a sudden it all hit me. And I don't even remember going to bed, but I remember I passed out in the bathroom. My husband was worried about me. He ended up sleeping in the guest room because he couldn't handle sleeping next to me. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night, going and finding my husband because I didn't know where he was. He wasn't in the bed next to me. So I went downstairs, looked on the couch. Then I went and looked in the guest room and he was there and he got up and he hugged me. And I remember just being emotional about it, but I remember just like putting my head in his chest. I think I have a problem. Yeah. I can't do this. Something's wrong. And he was so supportive and so caring. He's a, he was a run. Well, he is a wonderful husband, but he was right there for me and like, it's okay. We'll get through it. And he supported me through it all. And that was the last time that happened. I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. It was hurting my kids. And that wasn't the first time something like that had happened there since I had been married. It was definitely not the first time, but it was the first time that I finally had that wake up call that like, this is, this is actually a problem. Mm -hmm. And so after that, it's like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. So I just, I, I would, I didn't totally stop drinking at that point. I would have one here and there, but I was super careful about it. But if I wasn't intentional, then it would, it would get bad. So I eventually realized like, I just, I just can't have anything. And, um, I had, gone through a couple of miscarriages and those emotions just triggered it all. The first miscarriage that I went through was before all of this had happened. And I resorted to drinking to mask those emotions. And it caused a lot of conflict in my marriage and it caused a lot of issues. Second miscarriage, I had dealt with it and I didn't drink to mask the emotions. And my husband and I became stronger through that rather than it tearing 
our marriage, what felt like apart, it didn't tear it apart, but it was definitely some really hard times. Yeah. That second miscarriage, because I didn't resort to the alcohol because I had learned to start to manage my emotions. I still had a, well, I still have, we all have a long way to go with if that, no matter what point you're starting at, but I had, I had gone pretty far with learning how to manage my emotions at that point and communicate it rather than Mm. mask it and hide it and try to shove it down. And even just looking at the two miscarriages and how I handled them, alcohol versus no alcohol is drastic. And I grew so much out of one rather than like feeling completely defeated out of the other. Yeah. And so that was the first, first major thing that had happened that alcohol wasn't involved in. And I, I realized like, oh, it's good when there's no alcohol. Oh, mm-hmm. this can be good. I can actually deal with it and we can be healthy and we can have a healthy marriage and deal with, with troubles in a healthy manner. We can mm-hmm. actually communicate healthy. And after that, I realized like, this is, this is something that I've got to continue because it's not worth it going back. Wow. Oh my gosh. I probably should have taken notes of all what I wanted to say. <laughs> oh, I just. I, love your, like I know, right? <laughs> Hold on. No, I'm kidding. I would have butt in. I'm totally rude. Um, <laughs> but there's just, I mean, thank you. First of all, I do need to say thank you because I think there's so much beauty in people coming on and being just so real and raw and honest. And I think it's hard in the moment sometimes when we tell those stories, cause it does bring you back. I mean, it does make you kind of mm-hmm. get emotional because you're like, wow, like, that was a really hard time or wow, like that meant more to me than anything, having him just support me and knowing that like he needed to be with me in that moment, you know, like, but I think it just helps so much, not only us grow, but listeners to hear those stories where it's like, Hey, we've been where you are and we've walked that same walk. It might not be exactly the same, but like to see, Hey, it's possible to just set it down and say, it's just not serving me. It doesn't have to be a DUI. It doesn't have to be a wreck or, you know, a family completely falling apart. It could simply be you saying, I just know in my heart that this is not working. Like it's not making me better and it's not helping me live to the potential that I know I'm capable of getting to. Oh, so good, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious. So you did you kind of quit cold Turkey? You just kind of decided, Hey, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Was it challenging in the beginning for you? Or did you know that this was just the right move? I just knew. Um, so it, it kind of goes with my personality. I am just very strong-willed and when I want to do something, I do it. Yep. (laughs) I, I did have friends and family that were supporting, but, um, it was pretty much like, no, this is, this is what's going to happen. And I knew what it was like when I did drink too much. And I knew what it was like when I didn't, and it just wasn't worth it to me to go back there. Yeah. Did you start to see or feel benefits right off the bat? Like, did you notice your sleep improving, like your patients, those kind of things that we talk about? Oh, definitely. I, I didn't wake up feeling completely exhausted anymore. I've always had some brain fog issues just because of some autoimmune stuff that's going on, Mm -hmm. but it was like a whole nother level when I'd been drinking and I would wake up clear headed, more energy. And I still need my coffee every morning, but you know, we got to have something, right? Yeah. So my coffee (laughs) is my something. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it was just a night and day difference with my energy level, my mental capacity, and even especially you said patience, but patience with my kids, it was such a drastic difference. My communication with my husband and my patience with him mm-hmm. and our relationship changed dramatically too. It's amazing. Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you. Um, I would you. love to know. And I lost weight. Yeah. I lost weight too. Oh, so that's you lucky girl. See, <laughs> right. now I think it's either one or the other. I mean, I guess that's the only choice, but like when I quit, I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to lose so much weight. Like think of all those extra calories. Mine was like, <laughs> nope, girlfriend, we're just going to replace your wine with chocolate and oh. all the other things, but good for you. <laughs> Well, I probably would have lost more if I didn't need my ice cream. So my ice cream put a little bit of a damper on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving forward, I would love to know kind of when Restored Mama came about and when you decided to kind of start, you know, helping women with those, you know, big emotions and kind of, you know, dealing with, how do I put this? kind of what you, what you went through, but figuring Mm -hmm. out, Hey, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be so hard. So whatever you want to touch on, on in that kind of category. Yeah. Um, well next month, September, I don't know when you're airing this episode, but in September is my one year anniversary for restored mama. I'm really excited, but it was a long time coming. I knew I was supposed to be helping women. I didn't know how or what I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to help women. I wanted to help moms. I fullheartedly believe that all of us have a calling on our life. God has called us to something big. And yes, we're called to be a mom. We have our kids and that should be one of our priorities. But I believe that there's more to it too. I believe that the Great Commission, we're called to make disciples. And whether that means going to Africa on a missions trip or moving there as a missionary or just our neighbors hmm. or through your podcast, if you have a podcast or your business in the marketplace or just in your home, friends and you have your friends over and you do dinners. However, it is that you reach people, whether you're in business or at home, a stay-at-home mom, whatever it may be, we all have a calling. And when you're overwhelmed and filled with anxiety and depression, which is unfortunately all too common with busy moms, and it's just exhausting. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you have the time or the capability to do anything other than the daily tasks. Manage your home, make sure your laundry is done, your kids have some food to eat. Hopefully it's healthy. If not, at least they ate. Am I spending any time with my husband and am I taking care of myself at all? It's hard to get all those things. And then add work on top of it. If you work, it is exhausting. And oftentimes you go to bed and you didn't get everything done. That is what causes that huge overwhelming feeling, which is what leads to a lot of the emotional stresses and issues that I was dealing with, which was causing extra drinking. Mm. And it's, it's hard as a busy mom to be able to do all that. And I figured it out. Obviously, I still have things that I'm working on and I'm not perfect. And like right now I have laundry that is folded sitting (laughs) on the couch still. I haven't put it away. So I'm not perfect. But we all have something that we're called to do. And when we're focused on just doing our normal daily life and not putting any energy or thought or effort into that greater calling that God's called us to, 
and we're still struggling, we're not going to be fulfilled because we're not fulfilling the calling God has on our life. So no matter what you're putting all your time and effort into during the day, if it's not fulfilling the calling that God has given you, that's why you might have that, that empty hole in your soul. Like you just feel like there's something more. You don't know what it is. And you're just, you go to bed feeling unfulfilled. I wanted to make that go away. I want to help moms that have it unfulfilled. They're overwhelmed. They have anxiety and depression, and they know there's something more to life. They have no idea what that is or how they would even do it because they can't manage their, their day. I wanted to help them actually fulfill that calling. So I do that through time management systems and routines and balancing your emotions and just balancing your life. So I have basically two big things that I talk about on my podcast, and that's faith and time management. The time management is really centered around how to stretch the time in your day and how to add those routines to make it easier in your day. So you don't have to think about it as much. So your brain isn't so exhausted by the time you go to bed. And then there's the faith piece. The faith piece is just part of it all is you, I mean, God created time. So if anybody's going to stretch some time, it's God, (laughs) he can do whatever he wants. So we can't change time, but he can. And it's amazing when I start my day off with God and I give it up to him and I say, okay, God, today's yours. What do you want to do with it? I'm going to start taking my steps and you guide and direct me and let me know what you want me to do. Don't let me miss any opportunities. And it's all about serving, serving my family, serving my audience on my podcast, serving my friends, serving my church, serving my community. I, I go into my day knowing, okay, today is not about me. Today is about those that I want to serve and that God is going to put my path. Hmm. And it's amazing the kinds of things that I can get done. Even just like that's on my own task list that has nothing to do with anybody else because God is miraculous and he can stretch time. So I give my day up to him and I ask him to do whatever it is that he wants to do with it. And I go about my business and I go to bed fulfilled because I know I helped somebody. I was encouraging to somebody. I was able to do something that if I had just been waking up focused on me, I wouldn't have done it. But yet I still am able to get everything else done when if I hadn't given my day up to him, I probably would still have a whole lot of my normal tasks that I didn't get done. It's so crazy how it works. And in the natural, you can't even explain it, but God is miraculous and there's no explanation how he does it, but he does. That's amazing. (laughs) And I just, I loved how you said, you know, you just have no idea who you're going to serve that day. You know, you go into it prepared and ready, like. I can't wait to see who I'm going to serve. Then he's going to take care of that for me, you know? And it's almost a relief in the morning, I would think. Kind of like, okay, I kind of know in the back of my head what I got to do, but like, I'm going to let you leave me there. (laughs) You know, yes, we will get to the close, but like to go, it it just kind of feels like a relief. It's refreshing to Mm -hmm. know, like, it's not all about me, you know? I can put myself out there and help, but it's not all about me. And it's a huge relief when, you realize it's not about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if it comes off cr- kind of harsh, but you're not that important. <laughs> you're not. You are special. <laughs> you are so special. But if you can if you can wrap your mind around the fact that there are so many more people that should be more important than you, 
that is when you're going to see amazing transformation in your own life and whatever blessings that you are needing, whatever things that you were hoping for and dreaming of and goals and aspirations that you have. And you want to be seen as somebody important and special and, and you want your name on the billboard because you have this amazing podcast to help other people. When you go into it with a servant's attitude and a servant's heart, that's when you're going to see those things happen. Hmm. And if you don't go into the, into it with this attitude, like I'm so important, I deserve this. I've earned it. That's when you're going to see the change. And it also gives you that relief. Like I'm not that important. I don't have to be this huge special person and it doesn't matter what people think about me. And it's just this huge weight off your shoulders. Totally. All I thought of when you said that was that I needed a shirt that just says, I'm not that important. <laughs> don't, don't worry about me. Like, I should make it. <laughs> I love that. Well, it does. It takes the pressure off. And it says it's not meant to be like an insult, but it's like no. that saying of, you know, if you're if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like Exactly. You just you need to stretch yourself and know that like you could be a part of something really big, you know, and that might involve other people that are a little more important than you. And that's okay. Like you're doing your part of whatever he already has planned for you, which is relief exactly. or relieving, excuse me. I mean, even look at like senior pastors in a church, they have somebody above them that they answer to. And ultimately like we all answer to God. So really in the in in goal of everything why do you want to be so important sure shouldn't it be about everybody else around you and helping them grow and then you're going to feel more fulfilled Mm -hmm. because that's who we're called to be we're called to help i mean jesus came to earth to serve but he was a king so if he's a king and he came to the earth to serve why why shouldn't we Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's your journal entry of the day, you guys. I hope you uh can rewind <laughs> that 30 some seconds and write those questions down because man, I'm sure that would be a pretty powerful morning to uh sit down and reflect on those. Thank you for that. Um You're welcome. It just changes okay. your perspective on life, really. Absolutely. And honestly, that's really been we're gonna go down a whole different direction. We were just talking to sobriety, we're hitting it all. Um, <laughs> but that's been really eye-opening for me reading the Bible. Cause I don't know if I shared this with you, but I'm a first time Bible reader and I've shared a little bit on the podcast and, and also through some of my posts, but I'll tell you what, I'm only, I'm, I shouldn't say only I'm in my fourth gospel. That's all I've read so far. And I've just had these moments where I like stop what I'm reading and I call my dad and I'm like, is this just like a blueprint of how to be a decent human being? Like, I'm really starting to think that this whole amazing book is just to really show people how to be kind and how to believe in something that's way bigger than us and to forgive and just, again, be decent human beings. And he's like, pretty much, you know, I mean, you're on the right track. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm trying. I am not a first time Bible reader. I have read it multiple times and I still get something new out of it every time. Every time. That's kind of how I'm feeling when I go back to things. I think Mm -hmm. it depends on what your day's like or what chapter of your life you're reading it, you know, during. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's rewind just a little bit. I have a couple more few Mm -hmm. or a couple, a couple few more questions. That was good English. (laughs) Um, So you, 
totally, I think, related to so many women that are probably listening that might still be in that very overwhelmed, you know, phase of their life, um, especially in motherhood. And maybe they're still pouring that glass of wine and they're like, this is all that's, you know, helping me. It's this vicious cycle of me waking up saying, I'm not going to drink today. And then five o'clock hits because we're exhausted and we are, you know, done with everything. And that seems to be the easy button to kind of just cope. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest to them in those first few days? Like, to try instead. And we didn't go over this. I'm putting you on the spot, girlfriend, but you know, if they totally on the spot, <laughs> yeah, pause. Um, <laughs> but I mean, for someone that was saying, okay, I am done. Like, can you think of some good tips of where they could start if they were feeling super overwhelmed still? Yeah. Um, I don't know if all your listeners are faith-based or not, but that is what I did when I had that urge instead of doing my habitual go to the cabinet, I would sit down and I would Google and Google is a friend. Even when it comes to the Bible, I would Google whatever I was feeling at the moment. If I was stressed, just Bible verses for stress. And I would just pick a verse that went along with stress and I would focus on that. And then I would actually dive deep into it. And obviously I had to do this when my kids were preoccupied. I couldn't do this when they were around because it's kind of hard to focus. Sure. But I would dive deep into that verse and I would study what those words mean. Just one verse, study each word. And by the time you're done studying each word in that verse, you've totally forgotten what you were going to be going to the cabinet for. Not, not a hundred percent. You know, it's always in the back of your mind during that season, but you've, you've forgotten. Like you don't have the urge anymore. You focused on God. You have focused on his word and his promises and what he says when it comes to stress. And if you focus on his truth and his promises, that urge is going to go away. Totally. And I mean, even if there are some listeners out there that, you know, maybe aren't believers of God, I think that could totally work for journaling or something, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe you're not going to go to scripture, but maybe you're going to grab a notebook and you're going to write down the emotions you're feeling and write about it. You know, why am I feeling this way? The key is to not, yeah, exactly. Focus on why you're feeling that way. Don't ignore it and don't try to shove it down. That's usually why people go for that glass of wine Mm -hmm. because whatever they're feeling, good or bad, like maybe, maybe you're a drinker because you're stressed or you're depressed and you're trying to mask the feelings like I did, or maybe you're a drinker because you're happy and you want to celebrate and that's your excuse to drink or maybe both. Whatever your, your reason for going for that drink is focus on that instead of the drink, focus on what you're feeling Mm -hmm. and find another way to work through it. Because if you don't work through it, you're going to keep reverting back to your old ways. Yeah. And I would say go deep. You know, it can't be, I'm tired. Why are you tired? Yeah, definitely like, not what did surface you do? level. You know, like, <laughs> and that's what I tell people. I'm like, it could be people. Maybe you hopped off the phone with someone that's very triggering to, to you, or, you know, maybe it's a season. Maybe it's, it could be so much. And the more you get down on paper, like those are your answers. And that is what you mm-hmm. can really, you know, look really hard at and say, okay, how do I make this better next time? Like, what am I going to do differently? Yeah. So I love that. Exactly. And when you dive oh, deep to find those emotions, when you dive deep to find those emotions and why you're feeling that way, then you can actually deal with it in the future instead of trying to deal with it the way you usually do. Absolutely. And I am curious, you talked a lot about time management and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And did you find when you quit drinking that you had magical time appear, like where you oh, could get yes. more stuff done and stuff too? Okay. That was totally I a random like thought, but I was like, I haven't asked you day. that. <laughs> it has nothing to do with time management, but I definitely felt like there were more hours to the day because like, you're more effective because your mind is clear and you can focus and you can pay attention to what you're doing rather than hop from one thing to another because you get so scatterbrained. Yeah, absolutely. So I have just a couple more. I think I said few last time. So I think I get to still hold on to my two. Um, when you created Restored Mama, which was almost a year ago, you said next month, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. Do you think all of this would be possible if you were still drinking? No, there is no way. First, I mean, it takes a lot of time to do this. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of time and energy to create a business. And I didn't have the time and the energy when I was drinking. And so take alcohol out. I got to fill my time and my energy. Somehow I have to put my focus somewhere Mm -hmm. and what better way to do it than help and serve. Like I was talking about earlier. And this is what God has called me to do. So now that I'm doing it, I am fulfilled and I don't have the urge anymore. I don't even need to worry. Well, I mean, I still do. I still study the word and I, I put time in that, but it's not because I felt the urge to go get a glass of wine. Mm. It's because I want to, it's because I enjoy it and I love it. And now I can put that knowledge towards my podcast to help other people yeah instead of just go ahead trying to (laughs) oh you're instead of just trying to fulfill the urge that I had to to drink in a different way it's now I'm fulfilled because I'm doing my calling exactly and I think when we're in that vicious cycle of drinking or whatever it is you know in that stressful chapter maybe it wasn't you drinking you know you're just you're in a hard phase it's hard to see our purpose and we don't believe it's there because we've just got those blinders on. Cause you're just almost, it's like groundhog's day, you know, you're just mm-hmm. like on autopilot. And I feel like once you remove whatever it is that is not serving you, it's just like, wow. Like you said, you know, it's like, I wouldn't be doing this. Like now I know like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm certain that it is because I'm aware and I'm present clear-minded like I'm, I'm doing the right thing yeah oh, so good it, I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't stopped drinking uh, I wouldn't have even had the motivation to start my business yeah so, so alcohol aside like while I was drinking I didn't have a desire for for more like yeah I wanted more but it was like eh, it'll happen someday but right. there was no desire to actually put that effort and the energy into it because I was already so tired so I need my drink to sit and relax. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Okay. I think I'm down to one, right? I think I've given myself a limit. I've had so. this countdown too bad. I mean, I, <laughs> I am the boss, I guess I could ask more, but <laughs> um, I would love to end on a question that I always ask my guests, which is to the one or many people that are listening right now and are interested in making a change, where would you tell them to start? Like, what would your recommend, recommendation or tip be? Find something else to focus on. Okay. So if you want to go for that drink, what is something else that you can put your, put your focus on? And Bible and journaling aside, something that you could actually enjoy, something that you could be passionate about that can take your mind off of it a little bit for a moment. Maybe it takes your mind off of what you're feeling or 
what you would normally be doing when you're drinking. You, you go and you find something else that you can enjoy. And it doesn't have to be something that has to do with your long calling that God's given you. It can just be something that you enjoy and you feel good afterwards, whether it's reading a good book or even watching a show that makes you laugh or going out for a walk, doing something that you can find enjoyment with without drinking. And just start there. Just find one thing. And anytime that you want to go for a drink, do that instead. It's going to form new habits and it's going to reframe your thought patterns because now, yes, it's an addiction, but it's also a thought pattern. And because you always go for that drink when you are having that emotion or you're doing that one thing, it becomes habitual and you don't even think about it. It's just automatic. So if you start to do something else instead of that, it's going to take some effort and some big intentionality, but you're going to slowly start reframing your thought patterns. And I don't, I I know we're coming up on time. I don't have time to go into the whole science behind it, but there (laughs) is, they're called neurons and your brain reforms its neurons constantly, but it takes dual things and habits to reform in a different pattern. So you're constantly going for your alcohol when you are sad, when you're sad, go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And now you're automatically going to want to go for a walk instead. It's going to take time, but it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. And I mean, we'll just end on that. I mean, that's the best advice, same I could give, where you just, you have to replace that habit because it's instinct and our brains, man, they are very smart and they know what they want, especially when you're doing it every single day. And so if you can just start to trick it, let me tell you, it will work. And there is nothing more empowering when you do something like this, when you quit it, because then it spills over into everything else. Like, what else can I do? What else can I accomplish? It's, it turns into a different healthy addiction, you know, where you want to do more. (laughs) You can still have your things like coffee and ice cream. Absolutely. (laughs) Or chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Jen, if people want to get in touch with you, do you mind? I mean, I'll have links in my show notes, of course, but where is the best way for people to find you? I have a website, restoredmama.com, and all my podcast episodes are linked there and all the information about me, contact me, but you could also just send me an email, restoredmamapodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. And I, I check them constantly, so... I love getting emails and even if it's just to say hi and this is what your story spoke to me or this is my story. I love hearing your stories too. Yep. Yep. I can second that. I mean, anytime we get a note from someone and we know that we've touched someone or even just that you're out there listening, oh gosh, does it make our day? <laughs> so yep, it sure does. We can see the downloads, but <laughs> to hear the story behind it, oh, it just touches my heart. Fuels our fire. Well, thank you, Jen, for being here. I appreciate you so much. And this was so fun to hear your story and just pick your brain about some topics that I know are going to serve many. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. All right. That is a wrap. Thank you so much for pushing play today and hanging with me. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. Grateful for this message and want more? Head on over to decidedlydry.substack.com. 
There you will find all of my writing, a library of past episodes, and an option to subscribe. That gives you access to many, many more tools for not only your sober journey, but for all areas of your amazing life. It has sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.